It's okay. So, we're, I mean, you guys notice we're totally flipping the service around quite a bit today. So if you're a guest with us, if it feels awkward up here, like what we're doing feels awkward, it's because we're not used to this. We're like not in our rhythm. We're all off. And because I decided to move things around, we're going to have a time of worship at the end led by Emma and Addie and the team, not me. And uh, we're going to have, which is going to be really awesome, and we're going to have some time of prayer. For the new year, where we're just going to offer uh, Jan, and Pas- Jan and Pastor Janice will be on one side and offering prayer, and I'll be on the other, uh, offering blessing prayers for the new year, and, uh, and it's going to go with what I'm going to talk about. We used the word preach just a minute ago to describe what I'm going to do, and I, I kind of want to take that back just a little bit, because <laughs> I'm not, I don't need my coffee for this. Um, so, happy new year. Happy New Year. Right. I spent the New Year's, um, as we often do with Heidi's family on the west side of the state. It's Amelia, our youngest daughter's birthday is 1111. That's her birthday. And so we celebrate her birthday, New Year's Day, and we go and spend that day with Heidi's family on the west side of the state. And uh, so I was kind of gone all last week on the west side and praying and having to try to write a sermon, the first sermon of the year while being in a different space, a different place, out of my rhythm, just like this morning service is out of our rhythm. But sometimes when we get out of our rhythm, we hear something very specific from God, right? Have you ever experienced that? You go about your daily routine and you're kind of numb to what God is saying, and something happens, something, something tragic happens, or something wonderful happens, or you go on vacation, something happens to get you out of your rhythm, and all of a sudden you can hear from God. And uh, I felt like God gave me a word for the church this morning, that uh, is, it's all through the Bible. It's not just found in one place. So it's not, this isn't a traditional sermon where I'm going to, let's open our Bibles to this passage and I will show you what it all says and help you understand and convince you that, to do something from that, to convince you to move toward Jesus from that. Instead, I, I have just, really it's a, it's a sentence for us. And it feels like this would be the moment to share that. You're all waited with bated breath. So I will share it. That Jesus is present with you at all times and is inviting you into something. Like, oh, hooray. He's inviting you into something. Um, You know, looking forward. So last week we spent some time looking backwards, right? What were we thankful for? It's a great way to end the year and begin a new year to thinking about, God, what did you do last year? And so we kind of committed to look backwards last year. We said, this year we want to look forwards, the first Sunday of the new year, like, what might God do? And the difficulty of looking forward is, unless one of you is, I don't know, force-sensitive or something, uh, we can't see the future, right? We're not, we're not fortune-tellers. Christianity doesn't offer fortune-telling even. It's not even part of our religion. We have prophecy, but let me tell you about what prophecy always says about the future. God wins. There you go. I mean, it's, it's very specific. God wins. You know, it ends, it ends well. That whatever you're going through now is going to end well somehow, even if you can't see it. So we look forward and we can't really see past this moment. So what we can do is look backward. If looking backward is any indication of what 2020 will hold for this body, some of you are going to have an awesome year. I mean, it's going to be amazing. You're going to have, you're going to have some of the best year of your life. I said that strangely. 
it's it, you're, you're gonna see you're gonna see prosperity. You're gonna see new jobs. You're gonna see children coming. You're gonna see a wedding. You're gonna I mean all kinds of really good things are gonna happen to some of you. But for some of you, are gonna be on the other end of that spectrum. Some of you are gonna encounter life-threatening illnesses. Some of you are going to encounter financial hardships. Some of you are going to encounter relational hardships. The reality is, in a community of any size, when you get two or three people together, you have four or five opinions. Where you get two or three people together, you're going to have five or six or seven experiences of life, right? So when we think about what may come this new year, it could be good, it could be hard, it could be pretty much anything. We could have glorious times, and they may be intertwined with horrible times. We could have great joy mixed with great pain. This is the human experience, right? This is what we go through every day. So the thing is that when I read the Bible, I see, and this is actually, God's been speaking this for like the last year, and that's why it comes to this today. That when I read the Bible, I see that it doesn't seem to matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't matter what the future holds. Jesus is present in every situation, in every circumstance. And in every situation, in every circumstance, he's inviting you specifically, not just the church at large, but you specifically into something new. In every situation, in every circumstance. It doesn't seem to matter if we're winning, if we're losing, if it's a draw, it doesn't seem to matter if it's painful. It doesn't seem to matter if we're facing death. It doesn't seem to matter if we're facing great wealth and riches and power and authority. God is inviting us. I like invitations. Anybody here like invitations? Invitations are awesome. Can I tell you a secret about being a pastor? You almost never receive one. People throw parties and they think of the list of people they want to invite, and they don't usually think pastor, you know? It's like... I, no, I'm not asking for an awe. I think it's, it's, it's reasonable. I mean, come on. You guys want to have fun, right? <laughs> Since when are pastors ever fun? I want to have a good time. You know, so, <laughs> you know what's interesting, though? And Jesus was around. You know who got invited to the party? Jesus got invited to the party. So I hope I remind you enough of Jesus to invite me to your party. Just say it. Lots of fun. Invitations are really awesome. I really like them. And I, I was thinking about this idea that God is inviting me, me specifically, as well as you, into something new this year, into something in your circumstance, in this moment. And I was thinking, that doesn't jive with what I think I've thought of God. Like, I don't think of God being an inviting God. I think of him being a commanding God very often. You know, we, we get the Ten Commandments. We get the thou shalt and the thou shalt nots. We get the go into all the world. We get all kinds of things like that. But we don't, this idea that God is inviting us, it, it just kind of doesn't go with the idea that God is sending us or commanding us or leading us. I mean, when God is our leader, we follow. When God is our Lord, we obey. But God is our invitation. He's an invitational God. The reason that we like invitations so much is because of how they make us feel. Think about this for a moment. How do you feel when you get invited? I thought this out. When I feel, when I am invited, I feel seen. There's a person, and he's a person I want to have at my party. I feel seen. I feel welcomed. You can be a part of my crowd. You can be a part of my crew. You can be a part of this event that I'm throwing. You can be a part of my birthday and help celebrate. 
I feel wanted. That's a big one. I feel wanted. Like, oh, you want me around. This is great. I'm not just some, you know, some dispenser of biblical knowledge. I'm a person that you want to have in your life. I feel valued. I feel cared for. What's really interesting about those words is those are all words that we use as humans to describe what it feels like to be loved. It's what the words we use. When you feel loved, you feel cared for. When you feel loved, you feel valued. When you feel loved, you feel seen. When you feel loved, you feel welcome and into a relationship. These are the words we use to describe love. And the other word that we use to describe love is God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God because God is the word has said, it's this Hebrew word that I've talked about before. It's this pursuing love of God that chases us from generation to generation. There's another aspect of the word. It's, it, it just gets bigger and bigger in the Hebrew. It's really strange. It shows up in Genesis, and it's, it's like a snowball. As it goes, it gets used, and each time it gets used, the definition gets bigger. And at one point in the book of Psalms, has said love, God's pursuing steadfast love that comes to us, is an inviting love. It's in love that invites us into something new, invites us into a relationship, invites us into a new experience with God, invites us into new territory with God, it invites us into new knowledge of God, it invites us into all sorts of things. And in every circumstance and in every place, Jesus is standing with you and inviting you because he loves you. It is a reflection of God's love. So let me give you some examples of what this is coming from. So the book of Exodus, chapter 3. You guys may be familiar, may not be. So it's uh, this, this guy we like to call Moses, because that was his name. I don't know why I said it that way. Moses. You've seen, you've seen the movies probably, but Moses was a man who was, uh, he was, his bloodline was Jewish, but his adopted family was the Egyptian royal family. <laughs> he also had a really high sense of justice. And when he found out that his adopted family was slave owners of his bloodline family, he got upset and he murdered somebody. And so now he is on the run, and he's living in the desert, and he is raising sheep, because that's what you do when you're on the run for a murder rap. Janet Janet's for shepherds. I don't know how that applies. Just saying. So he's on the run from a murder rap, and he's in the desert, and he's tending sheep, and God has been working on him, and God has been present with him, but he didn't know it, and God is inviting him, and now there's a burning bush. Now, it's not just any burning bush, but it's a bush that is on fire that does not get consumed. That's weird. Moses says, let's go check this out, sheep. And so he and the sheep go check it out. And God is present in the bush. He is there with Moses. And he says, Moses, take off your shoes because this is holy ground. And then they have this whole discussion of, okay, so who are you? (laughs) And God's like, I am. It's like, no, really, who are you? I I am. And he gets this whole discussion on who God is. And then the conversation turns at about verse 10. And here's what happens. God says to Moses, I have heard the cries of my people. I have heard of their slavery. I've heard of their bondage. I've heard of their cries. And I have come to rescue them. And he says this, come. He invites Moses to come and we will set my people free. It's an invitation to come out of what he was in and into something new. In the book of Deuteronomy, God is laying out like how we're going to have a relationship together with the people of Israel. And he says this. He says, when you turn away from me, because I know what's going to happen, when you walk away from me, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, 
then I'll turn and come and heal their land. There's an invitation in that. When you've walked away, just turn and humble yourself and pray, and then I will heal your land. So the first one is Moses is running from, from, his, from his murder rap, and he's lost in the desert, and God's inviting him into a new life. The second one is when you have turned and run from God, just turn back to me, and I will come right to you. The book of Isaiah, chapter, uh, or chapter 6, Isaiah is praying, and he suddenly it says he's caught up into the presence of God. I love when that happens. I don't know if that's happened to you, but you're caught up into the presence of God. And Isaiah looks up, and he looks around, and he sees the throne of God, and he's like, uh-oh, how did I get here? And there's angels flying around, and everybody's praising God, and there's fire and coals, and God's speaking, and all of a sudden he says this. God says this to Isaiah. He says, whom shall I send, and who will go for me? This is a, a great, you know, missional passage. You're called. You're chosen. But I thought about it when I was reading this. There's an invitation in this because there is nobody else in the room besides Isaiah. And God is asking this rhetorical question. Whom shall I send? Anyone? Anyone? Isaiah is looking around. He's like, oh, wait. There's nobody else here to pick but me. Choose me. There's an invitation from God and to, to be his mouth, to be his voice to the people. Later in Isaiah 55, Isaiah actually records God's words to his people. And this is really cool. He says this, come, the first words of Isaiah 55, come, come, all of you who are thirsty, come, all of you who are poor, who don't have money to buy food or to buy water, come and drink water from the fountain of life, come and buy meat and milk and wine and water without price or without cost. These, all the poor and powerless are invited by God to come and to receive their life force from him, their, their whole being from God. It's, it's water. How many of you ever been thirsty before? Oh, yeah. So this is spiritual thirst as well as physical thirst. And God says, I got water for you, and it's, it's free of charge. That other guy's going to charge you, but this is free. Here it is for you. Come buy it without price. And then he says, and, and buy milk too. Now, milk is something we need for healthy bones and strong hair or healthy hair and strong bones, one of those two. Milk is something we need as human beings. We need the calcium. We need the, the sustenance that comes, and that's exactly what it's representing. The first is, is, is refreshment. Come, re- receive refreshment from me. The second is milk. Come, receive your sustenance. Let me build you up. Let me strengthen you. And the third one, hold on to your hats. God says, come buy wine from me. Wine in the Old Testament is a symbol of joy. Come find joy in the presence of the Lord. If you are poor in joy, God is inviting you to receive joy from him. If you are feeling weak, God is inviting you to find your strength in him. If you are feeling lost, if you are feeling, what's the opposite of refreshed? I can't think, what? Parched. (laughs) That's a good word. Parched. If you're feeling parched, come and be refreshed by God. And it's not just the poor because verse 2 says this, why do you go and buy things like water and wine and milk from places that don't satisfy you? Why do you spend your labor on that? He's talking to people who are self-sufficient, which is most of us in the room. If the first part didn't identify with you, the second part surely does, that we work and earn our, our keep, right? God says, why do you bother? Come and receive it from me for free. So self-sufficient or poor, God is inviting then we come to Jesus. 
Jesus' greatest invitation is come and follow me. And I hope that most of us in this room have done that. We said, yes, Jesus, I will come and follow you. I'll turn my life toward you. I will follow in your footsteps. I will learn your ways. I will learn to walk in your commands. I will learn to walk in your invitations and to see what it is that you have for me. But Jesus doesn't just stop with that invitation. Jesus also says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. Those of you who are in pain, those of you who are suffering, those of you who are sick, come, be healed, come, be filled, come, receive rest. Jesus also invites Peter. He invited Peter when he said, come follow me. But then later, Peter is in a boat with a bunch of the other disciples, and they're out on a lake, and the lake gets all stormy, and it's kind of freaky, and Jesus isn't with them. And they look out, and they see a ghost. But only it's not a ghost, it's Jesus. This is a story we talk about, like, oh, God's calling us into to new adventures and new things for our life. But we miss this invitation of Jesus to Peter in the middle of the storm. He says to Peter, come to me. Come to me on the water. In the middle of your circumstance, he's inviting you, come be with Jesus. That's actually when it says, come follow me. It, there's another passage in Luke that says, that says that Jesus from that point forward called the 12 that they may be with him. Not that they may do for him, not that they may accomplish for him, not that they may expand his kingdom, but that they may be with him. And then we see in the middle of the storm, Jesus is calling Peter, come be with me on the water. It's an invitation. Jesus says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. This is an invitation to find the fulfillment of all of your needs in him. God is an inviting God. Jesus is present in every circumstance of your life, no matter what it is. Good, bad, ugly, somewhere in between, somewhere mixed up, so mixed up that black and white have become gray. I thought about New Year's, and I thought, how artificial of us to put this line in the sand and end a year. I was reading C.S. Lewis the other day, and he said, the reason that we feel like surprised when we run out of time is because we were actually made for a life without time. And we put time boundaries on things. And so we come to this new year, and we're like, okay, God's going to do something new. But God has been doing something new in you all along. And he is still doing something new in you. And in your circumstance that you have right now, that, that carried from 2019 into 2020, Jesus is inviting you to discover something about what it looks like to be faithful, to discover what it looks like to trust, to discover what it looks like to receive from him your nourishment. I don't know what God's invitation is to you. I could go on and on and on and on about this, but God said, keep it simple, stupid. Jesus is with you at all times and in all circumstances, and in those circumstances, he's inviting you. And I thought, what a what better way to start 2020 than to take some time and to think about it. What is Jesus' invitation to you right now? You hopefully received as you came in. Hopefully I received one. I had one a minute ago. It's gone. A piece of paper. Mine disappeared. There's a piece of paper that has dots all over it. There's one. If you didn't get one and you'd like one, would you just raise your hand? Emma, could you do that for me? Or hand them to somebody else? 
we're just going to take this is like a journal sheet. You can think about this just like your journal, which is a private book that you put your private thoughts into and conversations with God. And I want to invite you to have a conversation with God right now. And if you need a pen, um, somebody might be able to get you one. We had them in the baskets, but I don't see the baskets anymore. Does anybody need a pen? Okay, nobody's shouting or raising their hands. So if you need one, let me know. We'll get you a pen. We're going to give five minutes. And I want you to just ask, like, Jesus. In fact, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's, for a second, let's close our eyes. And would you place your feet firmly on the ground? Like, not cross, just firmly on the ground. We're going to place our feet firmly on the ground because we want to remind ourselves that this is where God has planted us here on earth. Our hearts may be touching heavenly things, but our bodies and our feet are firmly rooted here on earth. This is our calling. This is where God is. This is where God walks with us. And now we're going to close our eyes for a minute. And I want you to picture you sitting in your chair with Jesus right across from you. And I want you to ask him, Jesus, what's your invitation to me right now? What's your invitation to me in my circumstances? Now, it might help you to think about the different areas of your life. You might think about what is, what is Jesus' invitation to you in your family? What is Jesus' invitation to you in your faith? What is Jesus' invitation to you in your work? What is Jesus' invitation to you in your physical body? You may be going through some stuff right now, and he's inviting you to learn something from him in the midst of that. When I say, open your eyes, we're going to just spend five minutes and, and, and write and think and pray and listen. And if you struggle knowing what God is saying, I gave you this little thing called a cube of discernment, and there's four questions really on it. What is God saying, not just now, but what has God been saying to you all along for years now, from weeks now, for months now? What are your consolations and your desolations? What gives you life? What doesn't? What, what takes life from you? What are your limits what, what boundaries do you have, your physical boundaries, your time boundaries, your mental boundaries? And then the last question, is this wise? So you can take that and use it however you want. Those are great questions that we use to think about. What is God calling us to? But what is Jesus' invitation to you right now? What is God asking you and inviting you into because he loves you in 2020? And at the end of this five minutes, I'm hoping that you're going to come down to and maybe even ask Jesus now, what's one word or a phrase that kind of captures this invitation that you want to hold on to because Jesus wants to keep inviting you and you want to remember what it is. So hopefully you can come down to that. And what I'm going to do is just pray for us now and then give us five minutes. We're going to play some music off the computer so it's kind of quiet. And then we're going to come back and we'll do something slightly different after that. All right? Is that clear what I'm asking you to do? What, what gift I'm giving you, I hope, for New Year's? What is Jesus' invitation to you? Father, I pray that right now your Holy Spirit would speak. We believe that you, you don't need me on stage or anybody else on stage, that your Spirit can speak to each one of us. And so we trust in you right now to speak a new vision for 2020 into our hearts. What invitation you are, are calling us into. So Holy Spirit, speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you play music for five minutes? Circumstance. And he is inviting you into something. So what is Jesus inviting you into is the question I want you to ask this year. Maybe even every day. Jesus, what are you inviting me into today?
It's a great tool. Like when you go to work, Jesus, what is your invitation to me today at work? When you, when you look over at your husband and you go, Jesus, what is your invitation to me? What is your invitation to him or your wife? What is your invitation to her or your parents? What is your invitation to them? What I want to do now is I'm going to, we're going to in just a second invite the worship team to come up. And uh, we're going to enter time of, of worship. Uh, they have three songs planned. Hopefully they can wing it if we need more. Um, and uh, what we're going to do is I, I'm going to stand over on this side, and, and I've asked Pastor Janice and Jan, her husband, to stand over there. And uh, we're going to invite you to be prayed for. And we're going to ask you, what is Jesus' invitation to you right now? And if you don't have an answer for that, that's okay. Sometimes Because I'm one of those people that, like, you ask that kind of question, I need days, weeks to come up with an answer. You know, I'm going to be pondering it. But it's okay. Um, and then we just want to pray over you and over that invitation and over whatever God's invitation is. You're going to pray a blessing over you for this new year. This, Even though God doesn't mark the time the way we do, we mark it this way. And it is a, it's a fresh start, clean slate, new year. It's like a book that's yet to be written, and we get to write it. And so we want to just pray a blessing over you for this new year as we worship Jesus together. Um, and so it's kind of a become this is the second year we've done this, so maybe it's a it's a tradition in the making. Um, so don't be afraid to come. If you're a guest, feel free to come. If you're shy, come. If you're scared, come. Uh, the Holy Spirit's going to meet you there. It's not going to be bad. I won't prophesy something crazy over you. I promise. I can't speak for Janice, but my line will be longer. Okay. So Jan and Janice, would you come? And worship team, would you come? Holy Spirit, we just invite you to continue to speak to us as we, as we pray, and as we worship you. Um, the center of what we do and who we are is you. God, it is not our style. It is not our theology. It is not our work. Um, God, that's just something you're speaking to me, even in this moment. The things that I say and do here matter for nothing if you're not in it. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you in it. We invite you to be the one speaking. We invite you to be the one blessing, to be the one uh, leading in this moment. So, Jesus, open our minds and our eyes and our ears to hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you guys ready? All right, so I'm going to be down here and uh, sit, kneel, bow, lay down if you need to, come and be prayed for right now. Um, and I didn't prepare anybody for this. Jeff and Angie, could I ask you to stand in the gap for me? Um, I'm going to ask Jeff and Angie to come up because Jan and Janice are praying over there. And uh the people that didn't get prayed for this morning are the worship team and our pastoral staff. And uh, we need a blessing from you this year as well. And uh, from this church, we, we need you to be praying for us. And so I'm asking, would, would you pray for us this morning? And I'd like to ask Jeff and Angie to pray for the staff and the worship team um, before we go and uh, to give us a closing prayer and maybe a blessing. If you guys would be capable of I know you're capable of that. But if you'd be willing to do that, we'll find out. We'll see how this goes. So uh, I'm going to, this is dangerous. I'm giving Jeff the microphone. He did it. Um, All right, let's pray. God, thank you for Jamie and Heidi. Thank you for their heart to follow you and to encourage us to do likewise. 
Lord, we thank you that this is a team effort, Lord, while you've given them a place of leadership and responsibility, Lord, you've given us all a place of leadership and responsibility and help this continue to be a place that empowers, that uh, just inspires people to follow you and to have impact. But Lord, we also know that you're the God who gives rest, who gives peace, who gives grace. So Father, we pray that you'd continue to do that. Give Jamie and Heidi ways to release pressure that uh, ultimately only you can handle, you can, you can carry. Help them walk in that great grace that you've given them, to be honest with uh, who they are and who you've called them to be. And Lord, we pray you'd continue to release favor and anointing over the worship team. Thank you for their creativity, for their calling, for their heart. Uh, help us uh, sense your presence, your power, your purpose, Lord. Release grace upon them in Jesus' name. Lord, we say yes and amen to the new things you're calling um, our church leadership to. We say yes and amen to the call of Abraham to rise up and to go to a new place, a place where you would give the land, a place where you would command the blessing and make us a blessing. Lord, we thank you for the blessing that's going to flow forth through uh, Poland Foursquare in this upcoming year and the, the plans that you have for good. We believe with our whole heart that you work all things together for good. So we embrace the things that cause us to rejoice. We embrace the things that bring challenge, hardship, and in your wisdom, incredible growth. We say yes to the growth that you want to bring into the lives of Heidi and Jamie, for each person on the worship team, for each person on the staff. We thank you, Father, that um, you love us that much. We thank you for the covering and the leading that you are putting and you have put in place And we say yes and amen. We just continue to say yes to you, to your purposes. We declare your lordship over Pullman Foursquare. We declare your lordship over Pullman and the Palouse. We say yes, Lord, the things that you want to bring, the things that you want to unleash, Lord. um, We receive your invitation into the flow of your Holy Spirit because indeed that is where the new thing is, Lord the flow of your Holy Spirit and into your precious presence. We invite your presence in to the quiet times that we spend with you. Lord, you promised as we draw near to you, you would draw near to us. So we, we draw near to you right now as a congregation. We draw near to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes and amen. And we receive your promises, everything you've spoken into each heart that you would release in Jesus' name. Amen. So now, go in the grace of our Lord to walk in his power and his goodness in this new year, knowing that no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter what happens, Jesus is with you, and he loves you, and this place loves you too. Heidi and I love you. You can always come here and receive love. Amen. Love you guys. Happy New Year! Hey, this is supposed to be a joyful occasion. I know it's all somber. Happy New Year!